Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. And we get the back view of him, and I mean, it's just a mega. 52 yards is a long shot. Uh, Magnum P.I., what yeah. we named him. No idea. Just but, a magnum. Yeah, just a magnum. Come on, Cam, last year, we said probably 150, mid-150. Yeah. Same doe from the morning come out with that nine-pointer. Here, here steps out this 90-inch eight-pointer. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ah. I'm like, okay, well, there's still a buck back there grunting. Yeah. And then out steps like another 90-inch eight-pointer. Yeah. I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. You're like, I'm like, deer, right there. Yeah, like And he's 30 already yards. 30 yards. Yeah. He, he was literally five yards from the base of the tree. Could have been at a buck down at 1.40 in the afternoon back there deep on public. Three does come out pretty early. It was like 2.45, 24 yards shot, sent the combat veteran. And I tell you what, man, dude, it just smoked. We always get so jacked up when the other person kills. It's just almost like we got it done. Yeah. And when you kill that doe, I was like, hell yeah, man. We come down here to Missouri. My ass Comey one more time. I'm like, is it a good buck? And he goes, yeah, real good, solid buck. I'm like, all right, boom. <laughs> and the deer just drops. Sure. Super special to me. Whitetail Legacy Podcast, bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. This is the Whitetail Legacy Podcast coming in your ear holes on a Wednesday or a Thursday if you didn't catch it on Prime Rib Day. <laughs> um, it's April now. Weather's getting nice out. We're ready to get on these turkeys, and that's what we're talking about this episode. Turkey talk, Nebraska turkey talk. Um, we know very little about Merriam, so we went to someone that's hunted them a lot, filmed them, um, and, uh, you guys are going to enjoy this episode. If you want to know anything about hunting Nebraska, Merriam turkeys, or just turkeys in general, if you're ready for some turkey talk, sure. this is your episode. Let's get into the people that make this possible. Start out with the VIP, um, 3d seasons coming up, um, give their practice point a try. It's the same geometry as their tip. Um, people are shooting lights out with this thing. Um, they're coming in a three pack. Or if you buy the broadheads, you get a free one with it. So um, that's what we're shooting for field points. Um, same geometry tip as the 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 veteran and the combat veteran. So do you have the VIP veteran broadhead shout out? Yeah, this week's shout out is Greg Nunez. Uh, he served eight years and helped in Hurricane Katrina cleanup efforts, and also served on some President of the United States protection. So Greg, we appreciate your service and. Um, you know, everything there with Hurricane Katrina and um, making that sacrifice for us and our country. Yeah, Greg, we appreciate it, man. Um, eight years a long time. Thanks for all you did for us and our families. And a uh, big shout-out from the Whitetail Legacy Podcast and VIP. 
ECW hunting calls, all your custom call needs. Our calls are ready to rip. We got the slate calls, um, slate and glass. And uh, we also have the box call ready to get that high volume if yes. we need it in the back burner. Ingram's outdoor obsession. Hopefully taking a bird to him this weekend, homie says. Dude, how cool would that be? That'd be super <laughs> sick. Can you call your shot before you make the shot? <laughs> that's I. That's what I did. I, I tried say, it. that's all you do yeah, that's there, I tried big to dog. Do, so. Yeah, hopefully bring it to take a bird up with him. I don't know if I'm gonna full body one or not. I just I gotta decide. Uh, what I'm gonna say do. you're not like fully into it. I just don't feel like you're ever gonna do one. I don't know. Maybe shorter amount of deer, no problem. Yeah, all day. full body of turkey. I don't think uh, you're there. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you're not ready to have one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exodus trail cams. Um, keep checking out trail cam radio podcast. A lot of good knowledge on there. Um, I I want to talk about kind of. The, their one of their first episodes I ever listened to was the, you know, just the trail cam knowledge that they put on there. And there's so much stuff that I thought oh, I knew yeah. that I learned from megapixel size to what batteries, SD card classes, and everything. Um, there's a lot of good knowledge on their podcast, and they're they're giving away for free. You know what I mean? So yeah, there's a a lot of good stuff on there. Check out Whitetail Cribs, um, Exodus Trail Cameras, um, on YouTube. Um, our exodus i don't know man it'd be awesome to get some out for turkey that's something that we haven't done is put them out for turkey season but most of the time this time of year we're getting them we're getting the batteries ready we're clearing the sd cards formatting the sd cards getting everything ready to go because it's about time to to really send it and when you have as many cams as we do you got to start early and get (laughs) some shit lined out every year it seems like we buy eight SD cards and lose nine SD <laughs> cards. It. You know what I mean? I don't know if we just get more cameras or we we just need an ass load of SD cards. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, Exodus Trail Cameras, all your trail cam picture video needs, they got you covered there. You got next level deer supplements? Yeah, next level deer supplements. Uh, next Now is the time to be providing mineral for your herd. Uh, next level deer mineral is built with high performance High bioavailable ingredients only. This supplement delivers crucial nutrition faster and more efficiently by incorporating vasodilators and other digestion boosting additives to help your pregnant does and recovering bucks. Improved blood flow can greatly help those that are nursing fawns and bucks that are rapidly growing antlers. Also, mineral sites are a great location to get pictures of velvet bucks Take your kids and let them help pour out the mineral. It's a great way to get them involved, and they will love seeing the pictures of the deer too. Um, yeah, it's pretty epic when a guy has mineral out and he just gets those fire velvet picks. Yeah, uh, every just, angle. Just, nah, just If you want to know what a buck is and you can put out mineral, it's just like left, right, head down, head up, You know, smiling, not smiling, funny face, duck face. <laughs> they right. cover it all, you know what I mean? So... Um, and they usually are, you know, there, you know, April in the through in August. A beautiful, this perfect premium picture. So yep, can't beat that. Is that all of them? I believe so. We got man. it. All right, let's get in the show. But wait just a minute um, before we get into this. We have been sitting on this episode uh, with everything going on, so we do know that Nebraska has closed down the non-resident hunting. If you did purchase your tag before they closed it, you can still go out there. That was the last we knew. Uh, since this kind of all come up, we haven't really cared about what Nebraska's doing. So uh, that was the last we checked. But we hadn't bought our tags because, obviously, uh, with the families and everything, you never know what can happen. We're still over a month away. So there's that 2% Ric Flair we were talking about a couple episodes ago. So a big woo to that. Uh, we did also throw another curveball out there. We did release the Missouri video. That was a week ago. Uh, we released it on IGTV, YouTube, and our Facebook page. So if you'd like to see Cody down there in Missouri get it done, uh, you can definitely check that out now. And if you're listening to this on Prime Rib Day, tomorrow night, uh, Thursday at 7, we will be releasing My Hunt for Sunshine, a deer that uh, we come to know all too well in the early season, and we're hoping to pass, but um, when it come down to it, we didn't, or I didn't. So um, that hunt is coming out tomorrow. 
and uh, we will be doing another premiere watch party just like we did with the Missouri video. Uh, two other videos are on the way. They're in the works right now, and uh, we can't wait to share them with you. They are going to be uh, hopefully just as good. Uh, I don't know yet because they're not done, so I can't tell you how good they are. Um, if you guys are listening on, I, on iTunes, don't be scared to leave us a rating and review. And uh, we appreciate all the support from you guys week in and week out. Um, we can feel the love, and we greatly appreciate it. So here we are on the podcast talking with Colton Cole from Chasing the Midwest about hunting Miriams in Nebraska. All right, we got Colton Cole on from Chasing the Midwest. How you doing tonight, man? I'm doing pretty good, man. I appreciate you staying up late and let us hit this late podcast. Uh, we're having a pretty good night. Hope you guys you are having a good night also. But we want to have you come on, talk about your you know your hunting group a little bit, and then also get us jacked for some Nebraska turkey hunting. Um, you're out there hunting the Nebraska bucks and birds, and uh, we're excited to get some get some tips and tricks from you of how to kill these Nebraska Merriams because we have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely try and help you out with that one. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, yeah, so, yeah, we just got a group of guys out here. We're all buddies. We all grew up together and stuff uh, called Chase Midwest, and we just wanted to show our love for the outdoors and possibly help other people outdoors and stuff. So that's what we're all about and do a lot of photography and some filming and stuff. So, yeah. Nice, man. That's how it always starts, man. Just just some friends hanging out, and then it grows and grows, and get get into the yeah. camera stuff, and it becomes a lot of fun, and save all those memories. It's a whole new aspect of hunting. Yeah, I, I enjoy your guys' Instagram page. There's a lot of good pictures on there. It looks like a lot of waterfowl hunting you guys do. It's pretty cool. I always like, I don't, I'm not really into waterfowl, but I love waterfowl pictures. I just think that they're some of the coolest ones. So Yeah, they're they're really fun. We do... In the, well, on the river ground that we hunt on a lot for deer, it's pretty hard to get access in the morning. So a lot of times we don't have anything to do in the morning. So we uh, waterfowl hunt because there's nothing else for us to do. So Yeah, I feel you there, man. If if, if I couldn't whitetail hunt as much, I'm sure I'd be chasing something. So, But, yeah, waterfowl mm-hmm. is always super cool. There's a lot of goose hunters around us. And I think ducks on the water is so much cooler than geese in a field to me. It's just it's pretty awesome. I agree, 100%. Ducks are a little prettier than, yeah. you know. Yeah, like mountain and you ducks never know and stuff what ducks are, are cool. Shoot. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, you you might might shoot a widgeon or, you know, mallard, you never know what might come through. So, that's a little more exciting than, you know, a goose. I've killed yeah, I've exactly. killed a lot of geese in my day, you know what I mean? And it's just I just can't get fired up for. It. I know a lot of people listen to this and they're like, "Man, this dude is nuts," you know. <laughs> the diehard goose hunters, you know, but it's fun. I like the style of hunting. I like the camaraderie, but uh, I'm not really into missing out on deer season for it. I feel that. Yeah. All right, man. Well, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do. Uh, well, I am 23 years old. I uh, I guess I just recently got married like three weeks ago. Nice. Congratulations, and, man. Oh, well, thank you. Welcome to the I dark side. A... <laughs> Yeah, I just, uh, I'm finishing, I teach my student teaching right now and stuff, and I just took a teaching position at Fullerton, so I'll teach music there and do all the hunting in my free time, so that's a little bit about me. Nice, man. Well, props to you, man. Teaching's, that's tough to do. We got some buddies that are teachers, though. Yeah. And uh, it's a, I could tell the people that go into it are super, super passionate about you know, teaching and, and making sure kids get knowledge. And I think that's something that you have to be, you know, if you're going to yeah, get I into mean, that yeah. trade. You're going to be teaching it over and over and over, you know, the same thing for all day. So, I mean, you have to be, you have to really love it. Yeah. And that's something that you yeah. can really tell in somebody that is a teacher and is really good at it. That's what's good about music. It's always going to be changing. So I won't get too bored, I don't think. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, you guys are always, they're always adding some kind of new, like the new math or, you know, something, <laughs> yeah, yeah. something new yeah. <clears throat> that's going to blow you away. But <sighs> all right, man, well, let's get into these turkeys. I know homie's going to have a lot of questions, but just, um, you know, we hunt, we're used to Easterns, super vocal, loud. Sometimes they're in groups. A lot of times toms are solo, um, but we're going to kind of break it down and, uh, and get some details. Like I said, we are going out to Nebraska in May. Shout out the next level guys. They invited us out 
to uh, Turkey Hunt on one of their pieces, Scott's pieces. Nate actually invited us to Scott's piece. So <laughs> You're right. <laughs> shout out Nate and thank you, Scott. But uh, but uh, we're excited to go out there and give Marion's a shot. Um, homie's the the turkey guy. He's super into it, so I'm gonna give him first dibs on getting one done. But I wouldn't mind, you know, to shoot one. I don't I don't know if I'm gonna full body it or not, but. I'll do something, fan it or something, just to to save the memory. But uh, give us some more video content too, and it's always fun for us to get to go on trips. You know, for us being dads, we you know two or three days of me and him hanging out is freaking insane. It's like, oh yeah, it's, it's just so much fun. You know, what I mean, it's like a, 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 you're good for like three or four months. Of, <laughs> you know, right. of fun yeah. after we hang out for two or three days. <laughs> <laughs> so we go we go too hard when we hang out, but uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it, and uh, let's get it let's get it at least turkeys talk, man. So for two guys. Um, coming out there, what would be your number one tip to be successful on some birds? Well, for me, the most important thing and what it all boils down to is just scouting. You got to find where the birds are. And it's even if that takes your first day out and just, you know, walking around, finding the birds, finding the roost. Um, so, and depending on where you are and stuff, you, since you'll be out in the sand hills and stuff, you might have to cover a lot more ground than you would if you were in uh, a lot of timber and stuff. But usually they roost right next to the field or like cornfields or wherever they eat. They usually roost pretty close to there. So, but that, yeah, that'd probably be my number one tip is just scouting a lot. Yeah, that's something that we we will be going to this ground we never been on. Scott's pretty familiar with it, so we kind of yeah. got some intel there. Um, they 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 killed a bird out there. They called in a couple birds oh, yep. out there, and um, there's definitely turkeys on them. We've seen the videos of him during deer season, and you know the trail camp mm-hmm. pictures and stuff. A lot of a lot of turkeys on it. I'm just kind of excited to see how the ground lays out, um, and just if you could kind of explain just the layout of the ground, the area, and what it's kind of like. Because we're used to like ag fields, uh, blocks of timber, um, etc. So what's it what's it like out there? Well, for where I hunt and stuff, it's right off the river, and so we have quite a bit of marsh and a creek and really big, or like fifty acres of pretty thick timber all through there, and then we got some pasture and cornfields right there because uh, we do have a lot of cornfields. But you're going to be more out in western Nebraska, so there's going to be small strips of trees. At least to you guys, it'll look like small strips of trees. And it's just going to be sand hills that are like 40 foot tall that you got to go through um, and just prairie. And then you'll have quite a few cornfields still out there, but and there will be a few alfalfa fields, but that's basically what it'll look like out there for you guys where you're at. Nice. Yeah, that's what a little lot of his snaps look like. I was going to say, we, we know there's a cornfield or two in the area. <laughs> personal call out right there yeah, yeah no the, it looks like there's some a lot of it's pretty hilly and little patches of timber i say where he was really deer hunting um looked like it was on a on a main road and, and the turkeys were coming like up the goalie kind of hitting that road and then going into more of a flat land in the timber yeah so be interesting like we said we've never hunted merriam's and uh we've got a lot to learn but i think you know being out there you feel I feel like you can figure out turkeys way quicker than you can a buck. You know what I mean? You yeah, I do too. Get a flow oh, yeah. of what turkeys they're doing. Are, yeah, they are way easier to pattern because they'll do the same thing for a month while a buck do the same thing for two days. Yeah, or two minutes. I, I would say <laughs> yeah, I also minutes. just wonder yeah. if that's because the turkeys are more vocal and you can hear them farther away, so you kind of know where they're yeah. at without being without having to be on top of if them. If a buck was just out there gobbling, you oh know yeah, I mean? you'd, you'd be, be like, like, oh yeah, there's a oh, giant over, over there. there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, a two year old over there. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we need. We need some gobbling bucks. We might be able to kill something, right? <laughs> Maybe. So with these turkeys. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. These right. turkeys. Yeah, so with these turkeys, um, are are they flying down in the fields more or down into the timber? Um, Cody and I sat up on a group of birds last year, and they flew down in the timber, and um, we didn't really get any more look at them. Um, but I was wondering if the Miriams tend to fly down more into the open field. 
Um, so I actually literally last night uh, messed up with this because from everything I've ever seen, the Merriams like to fly into the trees, and then at the end of the night, they go out to the field and they feed, and then they'll fly back into the trees from the field. And so I set up uh, right on the field and stuff, and they changed their mind and flew in from the trees. So it really depends, but usually from what I've seen is in the mornings they like to fly down into the trees unless there was something that spooked them. So, like, if there's a coyote that ran through there in the middle of the night, like I've had trail cam pictures, there'll be a coyote run down in the trees, and they're going to go land out in the field because they feel safer. Yeah. So, it seems like the birds up here, they, they normally like go to go to the fields, but that that day they went right into the woods. So Yeah, I, I would say just at that spot, um, if if they do fly down in the field, like I feel like it's a good day. Yeah, like, it's a great day. Mm-hmm. I feel like typically they are flying down into the timber, uh, more just because I feel like they have cover, kind of get well, we down there, now. get situated. Yeah. You know, it'd be like, okay, yeah, you know, I'm good here for 20 minutes. You yeah. know, so yeah, they definitely just feel a lot more protected there in the timber. Yeah, maybe they're just getting down and kind of getting their ground. So, get the wings stretched yeah, out. Be like, wing. all right, you know, all right, Time come to out start here to the field. Now. Yeah, <laughs> been gobbling the water off me, but um, Merriams do they do they gobble a lot on the roost or are they super uh, vocal or when when they first like fly up in the roost, I'd say they're pretty quiet until it starts to get dark or unless there's a loud noise that scares them. But right before they fly down, like that half hour before, they are very vocal, at least from what I've experienced. Uh, they're always just going off. At any, you shut your car door and they're going to go off. Oh, yes. Nice. Yeah, that's what we like to hear. We like those vocal birds. We need everything to help us kill them possible. <laughs> right? <laughs> the, it, well, like right now, all of the turkeys are in pretty big groups. Like the group I saw last night was probably 60, 70 birds all together. And nuts, uh, yeah. so the more the more warm weather that we get will help you guys more because they'll start to break out and split up and stuff. But once when they're in these big groups, they are pretty quiet and they will sneak up on you. But in by the time May gets here, it should be warm enough. They'll be separated and you'll be hearing a lot of gobbling. At least you should be. Nice. Yeah, that's what we hope. And we tried to push it back a little later. That's what they suggested also was yeah. to go back a little later to give us a little better chance of of uh, getting them separated, maybe striking up a couple lonely gobble, you know, gobblers at that time yeah. of the year. Seeing 60 or 70 in a group would be absolutely Dude. nuts. That'd be insane. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's a lot of turkeys down there. Uh, this last uh, deer season, my little brother was sitting in a tree stand and he had about, he lost count at like 120 turkeys coming out into the field. Wow. It's all together. That's was, deer hunting. Yeah, Scott you know. was Scott was sending us, what, like 20, 30? I, I would say 25, 30. Yeah, and there's like a bunch of long beards. Oh, I'm yeah. like, and he won't, he's not shooting them. I'm like, why would these, <laughs> this guy shoot these, man? He's like, I'm deer hunting. It just hunting. depends like, on the terrain. See, out there in the terrain, there's not much cover, and they're not as protected and stuff, so they don't get in as big of groups usually out in western Nebraska. Yeah, I, every everything I've ever seen on TV for Nebraska, it's just like a giant group of turkeys out there strutting around and it seems like it's I mean, it seems like it would be very hard to maneuver on a giant flock like that, you know, like us there might be yeah. a couple of toms that you can kind of maneuver around and make it happen, but well, I'll be I'll be posting a video from a hunt on opening day with my buddy or with one of our team members Ryan. We had probably 30 turkeys out in the field with 10 jakes and, like, four toms, and they're all running around fighting each other at, like, 40, 50 yards. And you can hear us talking, like, which one's the big one? And I'm like, oh, right. I was like, they are moving too quick. I can't tell. And by the time we finally figured out which one the big one, they're at 60, 70, and that's a poke with a bow. So ended up not getting one that night. But Dang, yeah, I could see it being chaos. Especially if you're trying to film, you're like, I'm on the sixth bird to the right, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah it's, uh, two birds deep, like, <laughs> that'd be tough. I, I told him, I told him, like, when they started coming out and saw him, I was like, if we can't figure out, like, coordinate which one you want to shoot, I'll just go wide and film them all. 
yeah. and I can crop yeah. it later. That might be something that we need to talk I was, about. I was gonna say I was there. I was kind of impressed with how with our coordination on my doe kill mm-hmm. from this past year because I mean it was like okay yeah the big one and then I was kind of shifting off that one I was like maybe this other one's bigger and then I was back on the one you were on the whole time I'm like all right yeah I'm going there yeah so I mean if if we had more than you know like two or three options you're just like holy shit yeah, like where like am five, I going yeah. five toms out there I'll be like uh I got them all in frame <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah that's- that's kind of what it's like sometimes, at least. <laughs> yeah, we're hoping we hoping we have a fire hunt out there, but if we if we don't, man, it's gonna be so fun hanging out with them guys and just like you said, just going somewhere different to yeah to hunt turkeys is so is so fun, anyways. And homie's trying to get a grand slam done, and this you know this will be number three for him. So hopefully, I gotta yeah. Hopefully, um, I'll have an eastern down before we go out there, and then we'll get a. You've got Easterns, but you haven't got them mounted. You know For what I mean? sure, yeah. So. Yeah, I'm just trying to do, like, maybe a Grand Slam within a six-year range. Yeah. Because it might take me a year or two to get down there to get an Osceola. Get an Osceola. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, but, man. Just go next year. Shoot. So, um, I know when when I was down there um, in Oklahoma hunting Rios last year, like, that was really the first time that we actually that I had actually attempted to locate birds on the roost. So, you know, trying to get out there and and um, roost these Miriams is going to be kind of a different experience for me because I've never had a lot of time doing that, and I'm kind of looking forward to that. So that, that's why I was interested in you know how these birds are approaching the roost trees and how they're coming down out from it. Yeah, I, that's one thing I've I, I always try to do is roost. You got to roost the birds, you know what I mean. But your piece, they're like always in the same spot, you know what I mean. It's so, money, so you yeah. kind of have an idea. It's just whether they fly down in your direction that day or not is what's really makes you be yep. successful, or not. But yeah, and once they start to separate, it gets a little more difficult. But they all usually roost in a similar area, and I'd say within like a two hundred yard radius. Nice. Yeah, that's good be awesome man if you if you had 60 birds within a 200 yard radius i can't imagine the amount of goblin and yeah i mean just think of you know the 10 we had last year it was just yeah. like, I mean, mayhem yeah just endless and goose comes by man they're gonna light up <laughs> yeah for sure for sure we yeah but to... when you since you're going for the grand slam you gotta be careful because nebraska has three types of turkeys out here we have well mostly merriams but there's also some rios and since you're out in western you could find a couple Easterns. Oh, okay. we didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, so yeah, there's uh, you have to be all selective. three of them. I'd say like seventy percent of the turkeys out here are Merriam, and then I'd be like twenty or twenty percent Rios, and then the last ten percent Easterns. I've never when hunting, I've never seen an Eastern because they're not area, but I've seen Merriams and Rios. So nice. I'll take you either. <laughs> I'm not picky. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Homie's looking for I was a just saying, cause, yeah. He's going for the grand slam, so he better uh, not waste it. I guess he's got three tags, so he shouldn't be too worried. Now, on the out-of-state um, license, you yeah, that's one turkey per license, right? Yeah, so I looked it up for you guys. It's $110 a person for a tag, and you can get three tags. Okay, yeah, that's what we were thinking. For out-of-state. When we, when we were out there, we looked it up, and... We haven't bought tags, of course, uh, just kind of seeing if it's going to be, we're going to be able to travel or not <laughs> at this point. But um, um, we've seen that it was 110 bucks, and maybe we were like, man, that's that's pretty reasonable, you know what I mean? So, but I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, say it's $30, so. Yeah, I didn't know if there was a deal for your second bird or not, but I mean, if we smack on the first day, you just got to spend another 110 at that point, right? I'm not I'm not super familiar with the non-resident, um, but I know for resident it doesn't change the price, however many you shoot. But it's all over the counter. So like if you're in the turkey blind and you shoot one, and there's toms coming in, you can order online and get it within four minutes. Nice. So, That'd be yeah. the way to do it. Make sure you got yeah. that that second tag ready to boom, rock. Boom. But got that link saved. Yeah, like if two <laughs> comes down, we smash tag. two with the first hour, we're going to be like, well, damn, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, better buy another tag. Break but. out the bow and struggle for two days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two or three days. <laughs> so with, with talking about that, 
um, I have heard that the Miriams are kind of notorious for coming in, you know, at least in like a pair or maybe a trio. Um, is that something that you've seen? Uh, yeah, almost. They almost always come in when they break out of the groups. And a couple, except Jake's. Jake's goes solo a lot. But if it's a big Tom, there's usually a Jake or two with them, maybe two Toms. Um, this last spring when I was hunting with another team member, Chris and stuff, we had, uh, two Toms and one Jake come over and then a solo hen. So that was the group. Hmm. But but yeah, they usually stay in small groups. It's, you can get them by themselves, but it's not as common. I would say. How, uh, how are the, the Toms off of, uh, pulling, pulling them off a hen? Are you trying to call the hen in? Are you trying to call the Tom in? What are you, what are you trying to do then? If you got a bird that's hinned up. For me, I'm definitely uh, trying to call the tom and not the hen. Um, I mean, sometimes it just works out and the hen comes with. But I have I have never had good luck with trying to call the hen in. Uh, so I always just try to stick to the tom. And you just got to, for the decoy setup, I always have a hen bedded down and a jake like almost over top of it. And uh, if the Tom sees that when you're, you know, calling and stuff, they usually will turn and come fight the Jake, even if he has a hen. They're but, they're pretty good yeah. decoying birds. It seems like some of our Easterns are shy on decoys. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, as long as you have a nice decoy set up, uh, they should come in pretty easily to decoys. Um, but, like, when they're in groups, they don't care about decoys. We had decoys out uh, two days ago when we had, uh, turkey hunting and they walked within 30 yards of them and not a single bird looked at them oh, yeah they're so they're just in such a group of turkeys they got plenty mm-hmm. plenty around you know what i mean they're not out yeah, there they looking don't care. for so they don't care at all that's a good tip i'm glad we're going out there later then i think it might be might have a better shot to do it but it's easier it's easier to double up now but it's definitely easier to call the singles in and stuff and way less eyes to see you move. So it'll be easier for you guys filming wise and all of that. So it should be at least. Um, have you had any success reaping a bird out there or have you had to? Yes. Uh, I actually put that on my list to tell you guys about if you see a Tom with just a couple of Toms and stuff like hundreds of yards out in a field, you can reap them. Oh, um, we had, we had me and one buddy. We went out in a field and walked, just holding it, like walked, crouched over a little bit, up 300 yards. Now we're like 100 yards, and then we got down and crawled, and he shot it with a shotgun. But yeah, you can, you can definitely reap the birds. And some of my buddies, I I've never done it or tried, but some say that you can do it in a big group, but. I've never tried that, but one of my buddies shot one yesterday in a big group with a bow reaping it, so. Dang. Like like four or five guys out there acting as birds? No. Usually, uh, like what we did, I, like, peeled off at, like, uh, I'd say, like, 70, 80 yards and laid down with the camera and then just filmed them from there while he walked up by himself. I've never tried more than one. They're talking uh, about, like, Reaping with a group, a big group the, the, of turkeys. Okay, the birds work. are in a group, oh, not, not oh, guys. No, yeah. okay, okay. He did it with like forty, with like forty turkeys. Oh, okay, yeah. all right, all right. Yeah. That's what, that's what he was saying, um, and that's I don't know. I mean, I trust him, but I've never seen it. I've never tried to do it, but teach their own. That's how you killed yours, Rio, right? Reaping. Yeah. 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 On like the fourth attempt, mm-hmm. we got lucky. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Yeah. That's all it takes, man. Just gotta you gotta you gotta be able to run faster than turkeys can walk. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that's a challenge, man, especially when you're going to sand hills. Yeah. We've got our cardio up high. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was say I I think mine's pretty decent. I'm not sure about yours. <laughs> oh what? I'm not putting any doubt in you, but I'm I'm smoking you on the public land. Absolutely <laughs> trashing you. I gotta wait for this guy. Well, we're in peak shed season right now, so yeah, 
You might you might be there. I got thirty plus miles. So <laughs> I don't know how many miles you got. Negative no, two. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was saying not not thirty. <laughs> uh, so I mean, you can reap them. Um, what you they're not call shy as probably not as much as us. But what what kind of calls are you using? You using mouth calls mostly, box calls. Um, I I solely use a mouth call, but that's because when I'm hunting them, I'm always with uh with my bow and I'm trying to self film. And so I, I just don't have another hand to use a box call. Um, but like my, well, my suggestion would be like, if you have somebody run the camera would be to bring a box call and a mouth call and use the mouth call when they're out there, like your first call in the morning to hear them and stuff. And then the closer they get switch to the box call, uh, just for, for it to be quieter. And then if you need that final cluck, when you're, you know, getting ready, you can do it with the mouth call. So at least that's what I do if I have a cameraman with me. Yeah, it's always nice not to, to worry about calling and you got a camera guy. And yeah. I don't know, I I like to set back a little bit when I'm the camera guy and let the guy go forward just a touch. And we tried that last year, but um, I'm hope, like I said, I'm hoping it's just magical. They just fly down yeah. and just whack. It's not going to happen. I mean, just though. one time. Could it happen yeah. one time? <laughs> It'll probably happen on the Eastern and not out <laughs> yeah, there. For sure. Probably won't even see a bird. Sure. <laughs> we'll have to make two, two trips out there. Yeah, that'd be all right. Well, Nebraska Game and Parks, they always say that Nebraska is the best state to turkey hunt. So, I mean, a little biased, but that's what we hear. Hopefully, so it works we're, out for you. We're uh, we're looking forward to going out there and giving it a shot. I would say I'm I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go right now. Yeah, I know it's <laughs> it's getting it's getting real close when this episode releases to when we'll be out yeah. there. So I would say we we gotta. The, the, I think my problem might be is that if I do get one down here. I'm going to lose a little bit of motivation out there and then just get into having like a decent time. Yeah. No, we got to hunt out there, man. I know we got to go out there. We got to be, got to be, I mean, yeah, that's, that's another thing is like, how are the birds in the afternoon? Um, from like, so I would say my slow time here is past noon. Um, I've killed quite a few birds, uh, between the 10 and 1130 hours. Um, but we can't hunt past one, so I'm just wondering how, how it is out there, um, hunting in the afternoons. From what I've found at like 10, 30, 11 o'clock, I get out of line, possibly before that, uh, depending on what the birds did. Um, they usually don't do, at least I've never had luck with them during the day, but once you get to like four o'clock, five o'clock in the afternoon, maybe even a little bit earlier, um, they'll start responding to calls more, but for whatever reason, in the middle of the day, they seem to just not care what you do unless you go reap them. Yeah, that's the time you need to be driving around and trying to reap that midday. Yeah, I would say that that's what we did on my Rio is um, Hank, the guy that we were staying with, uh, kind of had permission on these three, four, five different properties and um, had this this group of afternoon birds is what we called it. He said, well, we'll just go to the afternoon birds. Um, it started raining at like 9, so we stopped hunting. And then um, like 11.30, we were just like, oh, yeah, let's go drive by the afternoon birds. And sure enough, they were right where they were supposed to be, parked off the road, um, called a couple times, heard some gobbles, went her up there, and Tom circled around a hen, no shot, circled back around. Um, no shot again. Then we got up on top to where they couldn't get past us and, uh, got the Toms and the Jake separated from the flock and was finally able to get it done. So that afternoon time is when, when I got it done on my Rio and like, that was a whole new experience for me because we can't, we can't do anything at that time frame. And, um, like here at home, my, the, the place where I would normally hunt turkeys is, just like Cody was saying earlier, like it's just dynamite roosting area. I know the birds are going to be there, but to, to roost. So if we were able to hunt at that time, like it would be no problem. I wouldn't even probably go out in the morning. Like it would just be, you know, that, that, you know, clockwork to yeah. just, to just go out there. You know in, exactly in the where they're yeah. Be He's like, well, I know at this time I need to get out there just to be undetected. And then boom, Turkey's going to be here. Cause they're going to be here in the morning. Goblin. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be a huge game changer for us being able to 
hunt throughout the whole day and and uh, not just be able to be cut off at one. How many, um, just in your experience and maybe your team's experience, how many birds have you killed in the morning compared to the evening? If you don't kill them within the first 30 minutes of the morning, your best chance is going to be in the evening. Um, if you don't get them right off the roost, it's pretty hard to pull them in the morning, at least from our experience. Um, so most, like a couple of my guys, they won't even hunt the morning anymore. They're like, got to get up too early. I'm just going to hunt the evening and sit. We always like to sit on the cornfield next to the roost. So we're like 60, 70 yards off the roost because they always come out and feed right before they go roost, at least usually. But so yeah, the evening I'd say is more consistent, but the morning's always a lot of fun. And if you roost the birds, they'll come fly down and come right to you. So. Yeah. So would you hit the, you know, the same location, you know, the night before and then, you know, hit it the next morning? Yeah. As long as you don't spook the birds. Uh, I, I set up a ground blind about two weeks before season because I know right where they're going to roost and stuff. And I leave it for the season. And then I have another ground blind that I'll use if they change or do something. But even when they change mid-season by the a couple weeks later they're back to doing the same thing and I can go back to the same ground blind I always hunt nice I'm saying yeah that's so nice to have that flexibility like yeah. here we're limited to literally two days if you're a working guy you don't take any time off you're just limited two days with, that, with a single tag and you can only get three mm-hmm. so you have three weekends to get it done that's if you that's buy three if, tags yeah. yeah that's if you're lucky yeah our turkey season is completely jacked up, um, hunting by weeks and and stuff. But I uh, I just ordered yeah. a five set from uh, Appalachian Mouth oh, Calls. Oh, nice! Yeah, so we'll have a five set from then. They'll be here on Monday. Monday. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so we'll have a f- some new mouth calls to try out there. The box call from ECW, a slate call. We got copper slate and glass. Have you had any success on you know? multiple different calls out there or have you found that they like um, one kind of call better? Yeah, I know you said you run mouth calls mostly, but do you do any slate calling at all? Um, yeah, uh, most of the time I just, I'm pretty consistent and I just do straight, you know, clocks and stuff. Um, but if the turkeys aren't talking or anything, you gotta get a little bit more aggressive and I don't know what the technical name is for it, but do a bunch of rook quick clucks in a row like five really quick clucks like like that and then go back to the slower ones and usually the toms will at least in our area will freak out when you do that so get them excited to come in and and yeah check out what's going on yeah i found that it like if the tom doesn't want to be pulled if you get more excited with your calling uh, they're more interested in what's happening over there. So yeah, it's same same but, thing with here with the Eastern. Sometimes they get locked up. Do you ever have them go silent out there too? Yeah, um, usually it only happens when they're in big groups. Uh, just last night when I was hunting, I and I had like fifty, sixty birds out there and stuff. They, I was calling, 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 and I couldn't do anything for the first hour. I was sitting out there, so I was like. I'm just going to put the call away because I know they're coming over here. And they didn't say a word until they started flying in the tree all night. Wow. Yeah, that would be tough, man, if you didn't know those birds were there. Yeah. In the mornings, though, they, from my experience in the mornings, they will always call at least a little bit. They might be quiet. Um, In the evenings, it's hit or miss. When they're in big groups, they don't call very much because they feel so safe and they're not looking for a hen or say they trying to find anybody else. Yeah. yeah. So they don't need to be super vocal in the morning. Have, have no, you they had... are vocal in the mornings. Yeah, no, I was, yeah, I was just saying they don't oh, need yeah, to be because yeah. they're so, they're in such a big group that they, they're not really looking yeah. for anymore to join the party. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. But when you guys go, they should be separated by then and uh, they should be more vocal. Have you had to, so you're using primarily a mouth call. Um, have you, do you use the Kiki call very much out there? Yeah, that that's what I was trying to explain earlier. What okay. I, yeah, I didn't know how you said it, like the Kiki, Kiki, that yeah. call. Right, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah that's, uh, 
it's that's what I start to do when I need to get more aggressive if they don't care about me just doing normal clucks. Yeah, um, super it, super high pitched. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know what it was called, so I was like, "It's hard to explain." It's not just showing <laughs> them, but yeah, I'm I, was, the yeah, same I think way. everybody calls it a little something different. Yeah. I just I just do that when I want to. I'm out of I'm out of tricks and I try to get <laughs> right? excited. I'm not the turkey yeah, guy, but I've yeah, killed I've I killed a bunch. Thing, so it's just like it's a turkey, you know. <laughs> I just, yeah. That's all I feel like. I'm like ah, it's not like oh man, look at this brow tie. And it's like oh cool, it's got a six inch all beard. You know, what I mean? like, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Unless it's like four beards or something, I'm not gonna be super jacked. <laughs> four beards. They got drop time beards. What do they, what do they got? On? <laughs> yes. Um, what do you What are you looking at as far as uh, average spur length on a Miriam? Mm, I would say, from my experience, about an inch. Uh, if you start, if you get above an inch and a half or two inches, you're gonna be close to well for the. Is you're going to be in the top ten if you're above if you're above an inch and a half. So I'd say an inch is a really good tom, but in, most of the times I only shoot the big toms out of our groups. They're usually about an inch. So yeah, that's okay. a little bit smaller than ours. We yeah, inch is pretty inch common for us. Yeah, yeah, inch and a quarter is usually average. Yeah, so that's crazy how it's the same species but a subspecies is a little bit different. I think Miriams are the prettiest bird. I think so too. Um, just yeah, the their fans are really cool looking. Yeah, yeah. That's why if I should yeah, want to have the... to do something with the fan just to to showcase the different species. But yeah, I think the biggest uh, spur with a bow shot down here is like two and an eight, something like that for a spur. That's giant. That's giant. Though. Yeah, yeah two and an eight. Yeah, hang that on a limb all yeah. day. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, well, man, I think we figured, I think we covered turkeys pretty well. Let's chase. Let's talk about uh, chasing the Midwest a little bit. You guys are crushing whitetails out there in Nebraska. And how many guys are on your crew or on your team? Uh, including me, there's six of us. We got uh, my little brother, and then uh, another set of brothers. We got Ryan and Riley Malosic, and then uh, we have Zach Butt, who we also grew up with, and then the newest. I guess newest to the friend group, I guess, is Chris Pavlik, and I went to college with him, so really good buddies with all of those guys. So nice. And are they? Are you guys all in the same area, in Nebraska? Or yeah, we we uh, well, out of the six of us, five of us live in the same town. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So, yeah, and, but then Chris, he lives about two hours north of us, which is bad. We try to do a few hunts together every year, but. Yeah, that's awesome, man, when you can get to get your buddies together and it's super cool that you guys are filming, you know, this you know, this young and being able to to show your stories for that long if you guys stay at it and then they're just gonna keep getting better and better and you're gonna be able that's to be our plan. age and be like, Man, look at this hunt we had, you know, five years ago. So yeah, that'd be that's super cool. I would say just yeah, having and- everybody on like the same goal and, you know, the everybody's putting in the same work and, you know, trying to do the best that they can. Yeah, exactly. And we're all, we all are diehard bow hunters. And so if, uh, the wind's not perfect for me, I'll be like, I, I want to go water hunting in the morning. They're like, well, the wind's good for me. So you're on your own. I'll just go by myself. But Mm. the, uh, I hunt where I hunt. If you go over, there's one property in between us. Actually, it's owned by Antler King. You go over half a mile and, the two the two other brothers on our team that's where they hunt so we hunt within half a mile of each other four of us do on the team nice man so you guys are probably hunting kind of the same bucks and everything then yeah uh we get pictures we will always text each other pictures we'll get the same pictures and well like one of them i'll post a picture later ryan i uh missed a really big deer this year i hit a uh, limb and went about three foot above his back I found one side of his shed, and he found the other on his property. So we took a picture together, holding each side that we found. So. Nice, that's awesome, man. It's cool when you have buddies that own the property next to you. I was that gonna would say, be like, super, dude, super. If, if we had just yeah. you know a couple 
buddies that you know were close to us like just think of you know the information just to piece everything together it's like oh yeah well this, we didn't have this deer on cam for four days and well yeah he was down here for three yeah. you know what i mean and they was traveling a day like that yeah. would be just yeah super cool. the biggest deer yeah. i've ever had on my property that i had him i hunted him all last season I had like 15 i saw him like 15 times and i've always been able to count on seeing him all of August, being able to watch him in the cornfields and get hundreds of pictures of him. And this year, I didn't get a single picture of him. And I was freaking out by the end of August. I was like, I haven't even seen him. He must be dead. And then, like, first week, my buddy Ryan, he sends me a picture through the binos at, like, 300 yards of this deer. I'm like, thank God, he's still alive. But... He's still running out there as long as, as much as we know, but it's nice to be able to communicate like that. But he also shoots your deer, though, so that's fine. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah I was that saying, is true. Yeah. It's good for the information. Bad when it goes the yeah, other way. Yeah, bad when it goes the other way. When they're like, oh yeah, that deer's dead, bro. You know that deer you had a bunch of trucking <laughs> pictures? Yeah, I shot him. Yeah, he's gone. <laughs> yeah, he's gone. Yeah. Wiped out. But yeah, man, keep keep filming, man. Keep creating that content. Um, we're gonna keep following it. We we love to give guys like you a voice to to reach some some of our fans and followers. Um, we uh, we like to give helping hands out to teams. It's hard to grow and hard to get exposure. So we're glad to. Yeah, have... it really is, especially now with Instagram limiting everything, it makes it harder too. So yeah, Instagram limiting, Facebook limiting. Um, I think it's yeah. only gonna get tougher from here on out too. Uh, that's why we keep reaching to other platforms and just kind of getting our foot in the door there in case it gets super hard places, you know, but, uh, man, I, uh, I appreciate you coming on and talking turkeys with us. I think we covered it real good, man. I'm, I'm super jacked to get out there. We kind of hit you with a bunch of questions and you, you nailed it, man. Yeah. We kind of all over the board, but we had a bunch of questions that we wanted to know and there's nothing better than to talk to a guy that's out there hunting the species, you know, and been successful on it and had buddies that have been successful and you filming them and getting to see them year after year you know what i mean so we really appreciate you coming on yeah no problem i really appreciate the offer guys all right guys i hope that got you jacked for turkey season i know we are getting super jacked we're going to be after the easterns first and then going after the merriams after that um hope you guys enjoyed this turkey talk check out chasing midwest like i said they're killing turkeys ducks geese deer um just another group of guys that wanted to get on come on and uh, we're glad we could have them on and um, get their brand out to some people and uh, get out there. Turkey season is getting real close. Don't forget to turkey hunt and look for morels at the same time. Yeah. A little secret tip. Take your kids mushroom hunting. They love it. Leave a legacy and white till legacy's out. <laughs>